Welcome back to Round Guy Radio as we offer another edition of this week in high school baseball playoff edition. Round three. The teams are dwindling down and the excitement is everywhere. And we're on the phone with Scotty Melvin. Welcome to the program, Scotty. Hey, happy Sunday, Dave. How's it going? It's going great. Well, uh, it was a, just an incredibly exciting evening of sports, and you were an essential part of it uh, for me, particularly Saturday night, as you kept the uh, scores coming in. And I was able to give, pass those scores on to KTVO and uh, the Southeast Iowa Union, and uh, they used them on their broadcast, and they they used them on their Twitter feed, and uh, uh, it was uh, it was great to have eyes on and. Uh, you were on the radio and on Twitter, and uh, tell tell me a little bit about your experience this week, and just following it through the social media and reporting back to us. Well, this this was one of those times when I wanted to get to the game. I wanted to get up there in Sigourney, honestly, because you never know when this one and done playoff is going to be the, your last chance to see kids play for, especially the seniors. I couldn't make it. Uh, I laid up at home, so uh, I said, "Hey, you know, I can make myself abuse here. You've got the radio. KCII was broadcasting the Highland game." They were broadcasting the Mid-Prairie game. Uh, of course, I could only get one game in at a time, so I put Mid-Prairie on. I had eyes on the game uh, through a friend there in Highland to keep me updated on what was happening there. Then I had to use Twitter to uh, keep up on the New London game. So it was it was uh, kind of a whirlwind of activity for a guy sitting on his couch. <laughs> and the scores were coming in like crazy. I mean, it was, tr- was kind of like, uh, I don't know, like an NFL day, you know, with the just scores changing all the time and the dynamics of the game is changing all the time. And, and uh, you know, I was there in Sigourney covering that game, and it was pretty dang exciting. And was in Fairfield the night before, and it was pretty exciting. But uh, why don't you just go over some of the scores and some of the things that uh, that you were keeping track of? Well, the one I was focused on most since I that was one I tuned into on, on the radio was Mid-Prairie. And uh, they were playing Van Buren, Van Buren being kind of the upstart there. Uh, I was not surprised how it turned out. Mid-Prairie really tuned up the bats. Uh, Carson Grout had a grand slam early in the game, kind of set the tone for it, and they pulled away for uh, a 15-3 win that did not go the distance, of course, of seven innings. Um, and Grout did not pitch, so... That means his arm should be fresh for this big matchup they've got in the next round. Yeah, and that's going to be a pretty exciting, uh, and we'll have some details on that later. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and in Highland game, that was pretty exciting, according to Andy Kretzinger. Yeah, um, Highland got kind of jumped on early-ish in the game. They were down, I believe, five zip at one point, but they kept mounting a comeback. And so that game kind of went back and forth. And, uh, Lynn, you know, we, we know about Lindell Sully. They play in uh, – same league as Sigourney and Kyoto, and they won that league this year, so we know how good they are. And they just kind of they never really pulled away, but Highland couldn't quite get over the hump. They'd get tied. I think maybe they had the lead by a run late in the game at one point, but Linville Sully pulled out that 10 to 8 win, so Highland's season is over now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Andy Kretzinger said that was just all kinds of highlights, but we'll have some detailed oh, information bet. about that if you. Stick around and listen. Uh, yeah, uh, it was uh, it we're, we're just these playoffs go and then the, the teams just dwindle down so fast, don't they? Yeah, they do, and especially when you get some bounced out in the first round. And I feel like at least our little schools 
uh, here in Southeast Iowa, even though they're, they're kind of battling each other. So, you know, they're going to get whittled down pretty quick, but they, they, we've got some that have advanced. Whereas in our bigger schools, our three A and our four A, you know, Burlington got bounced out in the first round. Yeah, I know that was a everybody big shock. Wasn't it? You know, everybody but Keokuk got bounced out in three A. So no, they didn't. <laughs> you know, we're kind of Keokuk won. They beat Fairfield four to three. What's that? Keokuk beat Fairfield four to three. And they... Yeah. Did you have Fairfield win that game? Because I sure did. Nope. No, uh, not after I talked to their coach. I mean, and I talked okay. to uh, 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 Nathan uh, Piercy there. And uh, Nathan was, uh, he, he described it as a 50-50 game. I thought it was okay. a 50-50. I just, I didn't, I, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if Fairfield won, but uh, um, Fairfield, uh, you know, they made some sloppy play. You know, they, they just yeah. had some, you know, when you just can't defend against bunts and you can't catch pop-ups in the infield and uh, you take bad routes on balls in the outfield, uh, you know, but, and there was none of that from Keokuk. Keokuk, you know, their manager came in there. He knew what he needed to do and he knew they needed to almost play perfectly to win. And uh, they got six innings of perfect defense. Uh, They did make some mistakes in the seventh inning and things got really heated and it was an exciting place to be in that seventh inning because, man, that crowd, it was big. Uh, and then I seen the bigger crowd than Sigourney the next night. But, uh, um, yeah, that it was a great game, really. I mean, it came right down to the very last of that. And uh, yeah. there was home run and there was, you know, pitching and fielding and uh, drama. And uh, it was everything you'd want to see in a ball game. The two teams that went at each other, you know, uh, but I think I don't know. I think Fairfield had 16 wins and Keokuk had 12, and Keokuk had won one of the four games. So I know that they'd already beat them, and uh, their pitcher pitched really good, and uh, they held Nate Smithford back so that he could pitch in the next game. But uh, yep. he pitched yep. the last two innings, and man, I'm telling you, Scotty, that was the most dominating pitching I've seen all year. Like the first guy popped out or something, and then the next five guys he struck out. And in the in the bottom of the in the top of the seventh, man, I mean, nobody even came close. I didn't know if anybody put a foul ball on him. You know, I mean, he was really dominating, and he was throwing the ball harder than about anybody I've seen all year long. And uh, he has a little fadeaway pitch, or maybe even a backdoor slider that the ball kind of moves out, uh, moves away from his glove hand. That is uh, also tricky, you know. So he, yeah, he was pretty advanced there. Uh, but, you know, and then the Sigourney game, you know, you know, they got way behind and then they got caught up 10 to nine. And, and I think that was the fifth inning. And then, uh, you know, just a little error here and there. And, you know, they get a guy down 0-2 and then they hit him, you know. And uh, yep. that is just, the, you know, there's the little inches and the ball's an inch further away or the ground ball was just a little closer to the shortstop or, you know, or uh, was it hit so hard to the third baseman he couldn't react or, you know, just – just a cornucopia of that kind of stuff. And there was some walks and some hits batsmen and along the way. And then they, you know, this, uh, this Matthew Sear, uh, seal, he come up there and hit a big home run. And then, uh, to kind of stretch the lead out and then he come up in the seventh inning and he had a double with the bases loaded. So he had a big game. It was a pretty fun game. We had a pretty great weekend, but, uh, Looks like we lost to Tumwa, and we lost Burlington, and we lost Fairfield, and we lost Oskaloosa, and we lost Washington, and we lost Mount Pleasant, and we lost Sigourney. I mean, 
it was a, it was a, it was an unkind weekend, wasn't it? It was, but that's the way it goes. Um, in every sport. Hey, you know, we still got New London. They were a 5-0 winner over Notre Dame, which, uh, you know, kudos to Notre Dame. They've This is their third time against New London. They've made improvements and gotten a little closer every time. And that game was pretty tight for a while until, uh, you know, New London's bats must have got going there. I didn't see how it, how it uh, happened, but they put five runs on the board pretty quick late in that game. Well, you know, uh, Pekin playing pretty well, I, I think uh... – they had a, a, a good enough matchup this week, uh, so they'll uh, they're going to have to go up against the real tough Moravia team. Uh, I think I'll yeah. try to slide over there and see that one. Uh, yeah, somewhat. Uh, so that uh, well, Mid Prairie, uh, Mid Prairie, New London are 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 excellent representations. We still have Fort Madison and Keokuk, uh, although Keokuk yep. really got the bull by the horns this next match, but uh, and. Uh, Fort Madison doesn't have a very easy matchup, too. I think one plays a number two team in the state, and the other plays a number eight team in the state. So, yeah, I think I think things get rockier for your bigger schools faster than they do for yeah, the small. Yeah, yeah, I think the big the bigger schools are, uh, you know, it just seems like you say it, it uh, the 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 rubber meets the road a little quicker there than in the three A. Yeah. But the three A is in there. You know, you won three games, and I think. This next, if you win this next round, you go to the state tournament, right? I believe so. I think, uh, let's see here. Yeah. Uh, well, wait. Um, no, there's uh, one more round before the state tournament for the 3A. Like, like you said, Keokuk's got Assumption on the top side of that bracket at North Scott. And Fort Madison's got to play uh, number two seeded Marion. And that's going to be in Cedar Rapids at Mount Mercy University. So the winners of those two games will play for that sub-state championship. Well, like I say, uh, best of luck to, to the area teams, you know, Moravia, New London, uh, Mid-Prairie that are still in, Fort Madison and Keokuk. I don't know if I'm leaving anybody out, but it doesn't seem like there's much left. I didn't see how uh, things turned out for Davis County. And I oh, know they won. For, yeah, Davis they, County's they still win. in, too. Okay. They won 4-3. So, and uh, I talked to Jacob uh, Linsendorf, and I got an interview. You'll, he'll be the oh, next good. one you listen up. But he tells me about everything on the west side. And then okay. uh, um, Andy, he's uh, very versed on everything in the center. And uh, he has to, and he gives me the east, but there ain't too much east left. But nope. uh, Fort Madison's all the east we've got left. Well, Keokuk, I guess, is the far east yeah. you can get. But, uh, yeah. We'll wish them well. And uh, anything else before we uh, start this week in baseball? Well, it's a bittersweet thing. So many teams have dropped by the wayside. But uh, the closer we uh, get towards the state tournament in baseball means the closer we get to the start of football season. So, hey, there's a half class full for you. Well, uh, clear hand trucking and uh, uh, Helmuth Ford there in Sigourney really helped provide uh, the bulk of what we're doing. we got some other advertisers that helped out a little bit, too, and we want to thank them. But uh, – Stick around, and I've got a cornucopia of coaches and uh, media. We've got uh, Jacob Linsendorf of uh, KTVO. We have uh, Andy Kretzinger of the Southeast Iowa Union. we got Coach Worcester. Uh, we got the coach of Moravia, uh, coach of Burlington, Notre Dame, uh, Sigourney, all going to be in this episode. So stick around. Uh, there's nothing. If you want to find out what happened this weekend, we don't, have a, we don't spare any details. So thanks for being with us, Scott. Yep, anytime. All right.
We'll be staying with you this uh, through the whole playoffs. Welcome back to Round Guy Radio's Helmuth Ford of Sigourney, Iowa, presents the uh, wrap-up show with all the scores of the weekend. We've got Jacob Linsinger, KTVO, on the, on the phone to help us with the with the reporting. Uh, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be back. Good to be back. Thanks for having me. Well, you and I uh, uh, saw some ball games this weekend and kept up on the action. Uh, let our listeners know what the scores uh, around the area were. Yeah, so the main ones that, uh, that we cover here um, – at KTVO uh, was the Davis County Centerville game last night. And then uh, that's where I was. And then I was keeping an eye on the uh, Sigourney score with help from you, Sigourney Moravia. Um, so those were the two that we mostly focused on. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a good night of baseball last night is what I've heard and what I saw as well. So uh, we're really getting down to the, to the nitty-gritty here towards the end of the postseason. Yeah, there was a lot of scoring to report to you over there uh... In Sigourney, I probably burned up the text. Uh, probably got a couple of keys I can't even hit no more after. <laughs> Sounds was, like a crazy one, yeah. It was twenty to nine, but it was ten to nine there, and I think going into the fifth inning. So uh, wild. But uh, well, tell us about uh, what about the? You got any scores from Friday night? Uh, Friday night. That was the uh, that was the night that uh, Atumwa fell. Uh, Atumwa fell. 5-1, I believe, to Indianola, so their season came to an end. Um, Oskaloosa fell to Pella, I believe, and Fairfield also dropped one to Keokuk, I think I saw as well. Um, I wasn't at any of those games, uh, kind of keeping along or keeping up on the uh, social media pages there. Um, so uh, those three seasons come to an end, um, but we still have a couple teams here, as we mentioned, Davis County and Moravia from the uh, KTB viewing area at least. Well, uh, I, I got to see the Moravia team. You told me they could put runs on the board, and they just do it all the time. And they don't have any weak spots in their lineup. And, you know, they're, yeah, it, it uh, seems like they're a, a team that can uh, really put some runs up when they when they have to. They only scored three against Southeast Warren. So, I mean, that doesn't make you think that they can do all that much. But Southeast Warren's a good team. And then Sigourney has some good pitchers. I mean, they really do. Bo Schmidt uh, can really throw the ball. Uh, he tossed a gem earlier in the playoffs, and then you you see uh, the Mohawks team put up 20 runs on him. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's all about momentum at this time of the year, and then going into a game against New London from Moravia, who's uh, the cream of the crop. Uh, Moravia's got to be feeling pretty good about themselves going into that one after you put up 20 runs, uh, and you're advancing with a chance to go to state. Well, both of the team starters, both uh, uh, Thock, uh, Wait, Wyatt Throckmorton, and uh, Bo Smith were, you know, they were very limited in, in how many pitches they could throw. I think they could throw like 60, 65 pitches or something like that. Uh, what uh, Moravia did to Bo, though, was just foul off pitches and take pitches and work counts and make it deep. And, uh, you know, they got to him a little bit, but, you know, they had him out after about the second inning. I think he faced two batters in the uh, third inning and he was done for. And uh, that really seemed to turn the tide, you know. Uh, Throckmorton, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if you've seen this happen before, but uh, you'll, you'll have a pitcher, maybe a starting pitcher, maybe starts out pretty good, kind of runs into some trouble, and they pull it, you know. And uh, then they bring him back later in the game, and it seems like he's perfect, you know. Yeah. Uh, you'd think a guy that, that you know, hadn't been pitching good and had to be taken out of the game wouldn't uh, come back in the game and pitch real good, but I, I, I see that almost every single time. Yeah, it's it's definitely just like a change of scenery type thing. I think uh, just getting the uh, 
the gears all reset is yeah you don't see it too often but when you do see it it, it typically seems to work out and it's and it's interesting too because Throckmorton's only a sophomore I'm seeing here and Moravia has a, a young team so them going against New London who's got a lot of seniors from what I can see uh that's that's kind of a uh, a team that's built for the future versus a team that's built for now but that team that's built for the future could, could definitely pull that upset well they got three eighth graders in the starting yeah. lineup right field left field and third base and they just don't have – they have one kid that's not a great hitter, but the kid can bunt, you know what I mean? And he knows, uh, you know, he might not be able to, to barrel up on a Bo Smith or nothing, so he just squares around and bunts and moves runners that, you know, so, I mean, they just don't have any really weak spots. But, I mean, one through eight, they just hit, 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 hit. I mean, yeah. i never seen anything like it. But then again, Sigurd's defense is usually stellar, and it was uh, – I don't think you could describe it as stellar. It was uh, just – not not very good to be honest with you and uh yeah that's that's the key for this time of the year underrated aspect of these games is is defense and as as i saw when i was um at their game uh a week ago they were stellar on defense making crazy plays uh running catches in the outfield all the road routine stuff too and so you just got to be locked in every game or else uh things can get away from you really quick in the playoffs well both men he had a, a a double with the bases loaded and drove in three runs Trifle had a couple RBIs, you know, Sopranic had a sack fly. I mean, they were putting points on the board and, and playing well and moving runners and, and scoring and had some had a big inning. But uh, there was this kid named Matthew Seals. Uh, and he just, you know, it was like 10 to 9, you know, where uh, they, were, they had two outs. He had two strikes on him and a runner on. And they were up, I don't know, I think they are up 13 to 9 or uh, something like that. But it was kind of still within reach. And then he just parks this he hits the ball the opposite field the right field and drives away over the fence and that safety fence is pretty high uh, yeah compared to other places and, and he got it well over the fence and and well out of there you know and, it, and that was when you know it was that he started to stretch that out you know to where it was uh, kind of getting unwinnable and then he he come up in the next inning with the bases loaded and had a double and drove in another couple runs so uh he was the big uh producer as far as, you know, everybody else just hit singles. And some of them had four singles, you know, or three singles in a walk and scored three, four runs, you know. Uh, that McDaniels kid, he, he he just scored four out of five times to come to the plate, it seemed like. But, yeah, uh, Seals is their uh, big RBI guy. Looks like 34 on the season, which is a pretty pretty good number for, uh, for high school here. So, yeah, he's uh, a junior, so he's got another year ahead of him as well. So, yeah, it looks like a – as a good team next year, too. Want to be feared, for sure. Well, definitely. And their, their coach, I talked to him, and he said he'd been coaching for 47 years. Wow. That's that's impressive. So, that's impressive. anyway, let's hear a little bit about this Davis County game he was at. Yeah. Um, so, them versus Centerville. Centerville uh, entered with a 10-18 uh, record, but, man, they were playing some good ball as of late here. Um, and it started off uh, top of the uh, first. Centerville was threatening. They had a runner on third after a – uh, base hit. Carson Mater got the start, the senior for the uh, Mustangs, and he got out of the jam with a flyout to end the top of the first. Davis County comes out in the bottom of the first, and uh, a little bit of uh, trouble with command early on by the uh, Centerville pitcher uh, Tuttle. It was uh, Brody Tuttle Jr. got the start for uh, the Big Reds. A little bit of uh, command issues. Two hit batsmen and a uh, walk loaded the bases, and then another walk um, with Easton White at the bats. 
got Davis County on the board 1-0. And then the next hitter, uh, Aiden Fowler, a sophomore, a guy that doesn't really produce as much for that lineup um, as some of the other big names. Um, Two-strike count on him, and he, and he uh, puts a single back up the middle to score two more in the top of the fir- or bottom of the first to make it 3-0 Davis County. Uh, the rest of the time that I was there, which was a couple more innings, uh, just some good defense and good pitching. Uh, Tuttle settled in a little bit there after that first inning with uh, better command. Um, so no more scoring that I saw um, before I moved over to the softball game. I was at the same field. But, yeah, uh, Centerville playing their hearts out. They were fired up before the game. Man, they were banging on their uh, their dugout. The uh, umpire actually had to tell them to stop, apparently, because uh, not sure what the rules and regulations are on that. But those guys were fired up. They were looking for the upset. They scored uh, three to tie up the game later in the game. And then Davis County uh, and their senior Caden Glosser hit a uh, sacrifice um, fly, I believe, to give Davis County a lead. And uh, it started getting a little bit out of hand for um, Carson Mayer, the senior. So they pulled, they put in the sophomore, Nolan Kramer. And he finished the game, went three and two-thirds innings, and he didn't allow a single run. Um, so a big performance by him to get the save, kind of close that one out there for the Mustangs. Because, I mean, Centerville had the momentum at one point, and then they bring in the new pitcher. Um, he kind of just calms those bats. So Davis County's been moving on to another sub-state final here, and they'll be, they'll be facing Interstate 35. That one will be in Pella on Tuesday. Interstate 35, I believe, a team from – the Des Moines area, they just upset Des Moines Christian 2-1 um, to one last night. So uh, looking forward to seeing that game theirs. But uh, Davis County finds, keeps finding a way to win here. Um, and with their experience from last year from heading to state, you got to think that this team uh, knows what it takes to kind of get back there, and they have the recipe. Uh, they just got to execute. Well, a lot of teams must have, uh, you know, uh, thrown someone quite a few pitches uh, Tuesday night. So, uh the game I saw, both teams used three different pitchers, and then one team changed pitchers four times and brought one of the guys back into pitch. But, uh, uh, you know, I think Saturday night was a test of pitching staffs more than uh, who's got the best pitcher to, to go out there for the whole game. I think so, yeah. It's, it's really about the depth here at this point because uh, you want to you wanna use your best guys, but then they only have so many innings, and you also want to see – I, maybe can we save them if we get a little bit of a lead here for the next time? So that pitch count is definitely a big thing to keep in mind. Um, no pitching last night from Justin Matheny, who's been a good uh, hurler uh, southpaw for uh, Davis County this year. We'll see if he gets the start or if it's made or I'm not sure what his final pitch count was. But Davis County's got a few different guys that can can take the bump. But uh, it'll be they'll have their work cut out for them for a uh, Interstate 35 team that's only lost six times here this year. Well, I saw uh, Mid Prairie, uh, uh, I think fifteen to three, Van Buren, and that, that Jason Grout uh, that's going to the University of Iowa. He had a grand slam in that game to kind of uh, start stretching the lead out there. Uh, uh, Linville slowly beat Highland, so Highland's out. Uh, Fairfield, Mount Pleasant, Washington—they're all uh, Oskaloosa. They're all out of three A. We've got uh, Fort Madison and Keokuk moving on. I'm not sure what happened with Burlington, but I'm pretty sure they moved on. Uh, the tumble, the 4A is uh, pretty much done. Uh, maybe one team left in 4A, but uh, what are some of the matchups that are that are? Uh, oh yeah, New London won, so they're going to play Moravia. Now, is that in a tumble, or what is the deal with that game? Yeah, that one, that one is in a tumble. So we're going to see if we can maybe get somebody uh, there. 
um, from that one. And then I might head to Pella. We're, we still got to talk that one over, but we'd like to get to uh, both games because that, I mean, it's right here um, in our backyard. So yeah, that one, that one is an Atumwa. Uh Can't wait to see the, the final from that one. I mean, the ones that I'm really looking forward to are the ones that we're covering because we know so many, so much about these teams, right? New London, New London's only lost one time this entire year. Uh, they've been the top of the class basically for the entire year as well. Lots of seniors, uh, really dangerous guys. They've got like three guys that are hitting over 400 this year. Um, and one pitcher that hasn't allowed a run, um, Cooper Schulte, a senior that's pitched over 13 innings this year, hasn't allowed a run yet. So I think he's their closer. So, I mean, that's a stack. That's a stack team against the Moravia team that we're talking about has this momentum here. Um, so that's, I mean, looking forward to that game. And then Davis County, I mean, it's the teams that we know so much about are the ones that I'm looking forward to at least because that's who I'm getting familiar with, with the names and things like that. So, um, yeah, can't wait to see uh, who can make that next step and, and get that win to send send their team to state. Because once you get to state, anything can happen. Um, there's no more walks in the park at that at this point at all. So uh, yeah, it should be I fun. Didn't, I didn't see much walking in the park this week. But, uh, no. Uh, no. Was, well, so Davis County, where, where do they play and when do they play? Davis County plays in Pella. Uh, which is about 45 minutes from uh, Atumwa. That's on Tuesday, I believe, at Pella High School. Um, so yeah, they play against Interstate 35 on Tuesday in Pella. So that'll be that'll be interesting. So uh, um, I guess there isn't any 3A uh, matchups left to talk about, is there? Nope, nope. Uh, Fairfield and uh, Oskaloosa both bounced uh, Friday night. Yeah, I was at that game in Fairfield. That was quite an interesting game. Uh, Andy Kretzinger was there with me. Uh, they had, uh, um, you know, Keokuk. You know, I talked to their coach, and he, and he said, you know, we we're up against a really talented team, and we got about play perfect to win, you know. But it's all up to our defense. If our defense, you know, plays well, I think we really do have a chance, you know. And their big defense played very well. And uh, up until the seventh inning, they made a couple errors. Uh, but until then, it was perfect. And, uh, you know, and I really think, you know, it ain't about just who makes the greatest plays. It's just who makes the basic plays. Who makes yeah. the, you know, who can catch a pop-up the second base and who can who can defend against a bunt. And I can tell you right now, that team wasn't fairfield. Yeah. That, that team was not fairfield. You know, uh, who can get a good line on a, on a fly ball to the outfield. That team was not Fairfield. Uh, they uh, and then they they pitched uh, instead of going with one of their better their best two pitchers, they went with uh, Tate Allen, and uh, he was effective. But you know, they gave up four runs in four innings. You know, they they just kept scratching runs in. You know what I mean? They didn't get anything too fancy or anything going. They just kept getting singles, and then uh, uh, they had this three to nothing lead, and then it. Uh, I think in the top of the fourth inning, uh, somebody from Keokuk uh, hit a home run. I can't remember who it was. Myers was his name. He hit a home run and made it four to nothing, and nobody thought nothing of it. You know what I mean? They're like, well, that's just icing on the cake, you know? So right. in the bottom, uh, then Nate Smithberg come in because that was the, the last pitch Tate Allen threw. Now they're down four to two. Now, Nate Smithberg comes in, and he had the most dominating performance of any pitcher I have seen all year. Uh, he got a, a quick pop out and a ground out, and then he got a, then he got a strikeout, and then he struck out the side the next inning. And uh, that second inning that he pitched, he was really dominant. You know what I mean? I mean, 
because I'm just not seeing guys blowing the ball past any hitters in anymore, you know, in this league, but he did it. And uh, he looks like a really, really talented left-handed pitcher. I think he's got a bright future, but uh, you know, that they got things going in the uh, fourth inning, Tate Allen let, or in, the, in the bottom of the seventh inning, they got the bases loaded and they, you know, they wound up scoring three times and then finally got Nate Smithberg to the plate and, Nick Smithberg hit the ball on the nose every single time he came up to bat, but he hit it to the right fielder, hit it to the second baseman, hit it to the first baseman. And first baseman just grabbed that hot shot and just took two steps over to first base. And there was a, a very, you know, well-coached game. Uh, the Kia Cup coach, I just was blown away by how, how uh, good he was and how exciting he was. Uh, and, you know, that's, to see a four to three game, that's what you're looking for, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's it's so tough to beat a team three times, let alone four times. And you see them so much in conference. Everyone knows what else the uh, other team has. Um, so yeah, and and you mentioned it too. Defense is underrated this time of the year, and also uh, who you're going to throw immediately. I mean, if Smithberg starts that game, you you never know how that's going to go. But then you think you have them in your back pocket for the next one too to set yourself up for a chance for an upset win. Uh, just lots of moving moving parts in these playoff games, and that's what makes it so great. And uh, anyone can upset anyone at any given time. Well, uh, Kia Cup went with their best pitcher, and uh, Fairfield held their best pitcher back to pitch to win the next game after that game. But I think that's a bad strategy. Uh, I just play to win the game I'm playing, and I'll worry about the next game later. Saving a pitcher for tomorrow, hell, tomorrow it might rain. You know what I mean? Yep. But uh, and it's the truth. So it looks like we got a couple big matchups: one in Pella, one in. Uh, a Tumwa next week. I think this uh, Moravia uh, New London game, uh, that, that sounds exciting to me because I've, uh, I haven't seen New London, but we've been following them all year long. And they've just, every coach I talk to describes them as an all-star team at every position. Uh, so, yeah. uh, but this Moravia team, they should, uh, they're well coached and uh, they're a real team. You know what I mean? Uh, Kind of remind you of the Atlanta Braves last year. You know what I mean? They just really played team ball. They have things going, and uh, they got it going their way. And uh, I don't know. I, I think by uh, uh, Tuesday, maybe the the pitchers' uh, clocks will restart or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah, hard to say. But I'm going to say uh, the margin for error is going to be slim from Arabia when you're going against a team as good as New London with the record that they have and the the uh, seniority that they have with all those seniors on that roster. The uh, margin for error is slim. You can't give up easy runs on uh, basic errors and things like that, like you were talking about. Um, you got to keep those guys in check, probably under six runs, give yourself a chance to win because they average like 10 a game, I believe. So, uh, yeah, that one's going to be a great one there, that one taking place um, in a Tumwa. So, I mean, if you're looking for some good baseball to watch, uh, you, won't go, you won't go wrong if you're in, in a Tumwa or Pella on Tuesday night around 7 p.m. You know, let's just take, let's just say you give up a five run inning, but in that five run inning, you hit a batter with, with no balls and two strikes or uh, a ball skims off a player's glove or, you know, or a ball just gets an inch away from the outfielder. You know, it's just, that's just the difference between a one run inning and a five run inning, isn't it? Yeah, it, re- it really is. Like I said, slim margin for error at this time of the year. Everybody's got to be on their A game at all times, uh, every position, even coaches too. So it uh, should be good. Well, we're talking to Jacob Lenzendorf, a KTVO sports anchor. Uh, tell us a little about, about uh, the coverage you had this weekend and maybe what's coming up for Tuesday. 
Yeah, so uh, I put all the games that I was at, uh, including softball, on the website last night. Those two games. Um, one of our other uh, anchors, or one of our other anchors, was at uh, the Cardinals game last night, enjoying some time off. So, um, no, that's why we didn't get to Sigourney last night. But we uh, did keep an update on that game uh, from you. Thank you for that, Dave. By the way, and then um, coming up on Tuesday, we'll try to get highlights from both of those games. I'm going to see if I can get an MMJ. Uh, to go film in a tumble, and I might head to Pella, but we'll keep that we'll keep that uh, updated there. And whatever games we do get to, you can always find the highlights on uh, ktbo.com um, or also my uh, social media pages at KTBO Jacob and Jacob Lentendorf KTBO on Facebook. Also, if you have any scores from those games that I haven't seen yet, um, if I'm not at one of them for some reason, go ahead, um, shoot me a tweet, something like that. I will uh, get that that score out there for those followers that I have that are in the area looking for those scores. So yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing if these teams from uh, our area, because like we have two left, um, seeing if they can uh, keep their journey going into the summer and make it to the, uh, the third week of July. Well, anybody that uh, is, you know, uh, can help us with these scores. It's not easy to get them. There, no, there is, no. a, it's, there's not some advanced uh, fancy way to get these runs. You just kind of need somebody at the games or somebody listening on the radio or somebody just uh, put on the Twitter, hey, it's six to five or something like yep. that, you know, because that gives everybody else that's trying to find that information, some information. And it's uh, well, I, I got one more uh, question for you before I let you go here. Uh, all of us that do this, whether you're a radio broadcaster, a newspaper editor, you know, or someone with in television, you know, you always wonder, you know, how much reach is, are we getting? But uh, I thought I heard you say that uh, I think like maybe it was the Sigourney uh, episodes or uh, highlights that you put out. They got like 2,000 uh, views or something like that. Yeah. Uh, one of the Sigourney games in the playoffs um, already slipped my mind who they were playing. Uh, let's see here. That that first game that they had, that was um, – uh, or it was Wayne. Tuesday, when they won 2-0 versus Wayne, put the highlights on from that night. Around two and a half or 2.5 thousand uh views around maybe that three thousand maybe now um so yeah love seeing the the communities especially the small ones because those it seems like those people appreciate them a lot more than the uh the bigger ones that expect you to be there so yeah that that was uh that was nice to see that that's probably the highest i've seen for uh myself at least um for a night of highlights so yeah appreciate it i I imagine there was probably 600 people there last night i i I just you just all the way around the ballpark you know there's a lot of kind of neat places. There's places under trees and stuff to see the game. And, uh, you know, uh, the bleachers were full, you know, and, you're, and the sidelines were full. But then uh, I stepped out and because, uh, you know, you get an obstructed view from where you're at and got behind the dugout and looked around. And, I mean, they were everywhere. Uh, yeah. Sigourney, Kyoto, that, those places, they live for these high school sports and they support. But I thought it was like a football style crowd. You know, it was kind of that big. Yeah. What a, what Did you a, see any uh, golf carts there? There were there were golf carts and and yep. these guys got these like little wagons that they pull behind them that's got drinks and snacks and uh, they they you know they got cup holders and they get all set up and it's almost like a tailgate going on out there. They know how to do it. What about uh, uh, was there pretty good crowds for the the ball games you've been to here in the playoffs? Oh yeah, especially last night too. I can attest to for sure, and and it helped too because there was two games uh, last night that went down with the softball and baseball being at the same the same uh, place. So that was absolutely packed. I mean, there was they they're right next to the highway there, and they even had cars littered up the highway. 
Um, so yeah, great crowds everywhere. It helps too that we had really nice weather uh, last night and recently pretty pretty good here recently too. So uh, Mother Nature keep giving us uh, good weather here moving forward. It looks like it's going to be a sunny a sunny week here from what I'm checking this uh, this coming seven days. So that's that's always a plus. And uh, yeah, just go out and check out these guys because there's some there's some phenomenal talent out here in this neck of the woods. Well, this has been the Linzendorf Report of KTO's uh, Jacob Linzendorf, uh, sports anchor. You see him on the weekend. You see him early in the week. Uh, thanks for being with us. You know, our listeners, really I've heard from my listeners, they really appreciate the information that you're giving us. You know, I had some people that, you know, they're probably one to follow Davis County and it's and Oskaloosa and stuff like that. And I hadn't been able to really have anybody, you know, to give me that, those in depth like you have, you know, and, and uh, we, we really appreciate you. Thanks for being with us. You bet. Thank you so much. All right. This is Round Guy Radio. As uh, I want to thank Henshaw Trailer Sales and uh, Claire Hand Trucking and uh, especially uh, uh, Hillsmith Hill, uh, Ford there in, in Sigourney, you know, for helping us give this coverage. And thank you, Jacob. Thank you much. Well, welcome back to Round Guy Radio as our coverage of the weekend playoffs continues. Uh, we just got off the phone with Jacob uh, Linzendorf, and he gave us all the information about the, the teams in the West, but uh, I've got a guy that can fill us in on the rest, Andy Kretzinger of the Southeast Iowa Union. Welcome to the program, Andy. Thanks for having me again. Well, you had a big weekend. I know you and I was together Friday night. We saw the heck of a ball game there, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That You know, um, in that um, local 3A uh, bracket, which is 3 8 5 that we were in. We kind of knew that the 4 or 5, as usual, the 4 or 5 game was going to be one of the better ones in the at 3 6. And we were at the 4 or 5 between uh, between Fairfield and Keokuk. And man, you know, Keokuk hadn't fared very well against Fairfield this year. They hadn't been able to hold the Trojans off the board. In fact, um, Fairfield scored 11 on them the last two times out. And um, you got to give it up to. Um, uh, Ryer Linder from um, Keokuk, he pitched almost a complete game, and, and he had Fairfield off balance all night. You know, it, it took a while for Fairfield to get going, and um, Keokuk was up uh, 4 nothing, um going into the seventh, uh, thanks to a, a couple RBIs by Linder, and then um, a solo home run by uh, Zach Myers. So... Um, they had a 4-0 lead, and, and Fairfield at the bottom of their lineup. But Fairfield was able to rally. First three guys got on, so bases loaded, no outs, down four. And um, a couple of their seniors had some some big moments. Um, Connor Lyons had a big infield single that kept the game going. Um, that that brought an RBI. Um, Chandler Pumphrey had a big walk that cut it to one. Um, those are two. Those are two uh, seniors right there. Um, and uh, anyway. So it came down to um, the bases loaded down one for Fairfield. Nate Smithberg, they're, you know, one of their absolute best players. They're, their four-hitter is up. And Keokuk um, brought in Jordan Sisk, which that's a, a senior versus a senior. And um, Smithberg hit the ball hard at first, right at first base, though. You know, it was, it was one of those things where the momentum seemed to be flowing Fairfield's way, and he got a, he got a good piece of it. But uh, the first baseman played him well. Uh, I think that was uh, – who was that? Uh, Keokuk had uh, – Josh Wills at first base, I believe, who scooped that up and was able to beat Smithburg to the bag, and then Kia Cook pulled one off. So, congratulations to um, um, to the Chiefs, and um, and they uh, looked pretty good out there, didn't they? You know, sometimes you make a check swing and you get a little dying quail uh, base hit to right field, or you you don't get around, you 
chop the ball off the top of the bat or something, and it just kind of drizzles in between the infielders and you get on. And other nights you have a night like Nate Smithberg where you hit the ball on the nails yeah. every single time you come up to the plate and get nothing to show for it. But uh, yeah, because uh, he had a, he had a couple of he had a real hot shot line drive to. Uh, uh, to right field earlier yeah. in the game that would have would have brought one, and I think, and it just, I mean, it just, he just said to the wrong people uh, on uh, on Friday night. But uh, I really was impressed with his pitching. That was the best pitching oh, yeah. I think anybody have. Uh, I just don't see pitchers out there dominating hitters. Uh, I, you know, it really, especially late in the year. You know what I mean? Is everybody's bats have caught up to the to the pitcher, no matter how fast it is. But I mean, he he had four strikeouts in a row and. Uh, uh-huh. By the you know by the by the second inning he pitched they they just weren't going to touch him at all were they? No and I, yeah he so he faced six he he came in but they were down four nothing and and you know Kate Allen didn't have a horrible outing yeah he, he had a little bit of bad luck and he gave up the home run but um, four runs over over five innings usually Fairfield would be right in that if not leading but um, Smithburg came in you know they were obviously you know he, he's a, a great arm obviously they were saving I'm hoping that he could throw against Assumption because he was one of the few kids that might be able to. To you know, go the distance against assumption and 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 hold it pretty low. But he came in and he faced six batters and, and struck out five. And he was he was blowing by kids. I mean, you you couldn't touch him. Uh, so uh, and he's he's always been that for Fairfield the last you know few years when he's been one of their main starters. He's just been a hard throwing lefties are tough to to hit. And Fairfield's had a couple of those because they had uh, Cameron Bauman just a few years ago who, who's pitches at Iowa now. So Fairfield gets. Get some good uh, luck with those those big lefties, but uh, yeah, it's, it's too bad for Fairfield because you know they had a lot of seniors and um, they beat Keokuk a couple times, and and it just kind of the mojo just wasn't there. And you got to give credit to Steve Worcester uh, has taken over this Keokuk team. I'm used to be an umpire, and and um, this is his first year coaching, and and they went from like having two wins to now twelve, and and going into the sub-state semifinals. So. You know, hopefully they'll give Assumption a pretty good game, although Assumption's pretty tough. Well, he, he was – I just was – his coaching was probably really what did win the game, you know what I mean? Even that last decision he had to make to pull the pitcher with one one batter left. But, uh, you know, uh, if Airfield could just field bunts or just catch easy pop-ups to the second baseman or take good routes in the outfield, uh, you know, they wouldn't give up so many runs either, I don't think. Well, yeah, and, you know, so, so Keokuk – I, I would say last year, uh, high school sports you come and go. It's, it's usually just based on how much experience you have on the, you know, how how much time they played. But last year, Keokuk was one of those teams that would make a lot of bad mistakes in the field. And even at the beginning of the year, you know, I think they were still kind of learning. But I thought Keokuk's defense was a a huge, huge um, part of that. Is that they just played really well behind uh, Linder. And in fact, um, I, th- I think you can throw. Can you throw 110? Linder had thrown 106 pitches. So yeah, he had he had a handful of pitches left. But you could tell. I mean, he he had, he had thrown he so well. But at that point, he'd walked seven. He put a four and He was done. That was for sure. Uh, although, yeah, uh, it was the fifth inning for Fairfield. Even had one hit. Uh, yeah, and he was amazing. And uh, but he wasn't overpowering anybody. He sure wasn't no. anywhere near what Nate Smithberg was. But. Uh, you know that defense; they just made all the plays. In fact, I think they were flawless through six. Yeah, they did. And you know, in, in high school baseball and softball, really the best teams. You know, it's it's easy to see that you know teams get a, a bunch of good hitters or one real dominant pitcher, and you think that they're you know that's the key. But really, the best teams in high school sports are the teams that play defense. Because if you're not making any errors, you know, a lot of runs in high school are, are unearned. And just the fact that. 
Tiokak didn't make any mistakes on defense. That, that's really kind of what anchored him. Yeah, that was, they, they did make an error too in the in the uh, bottom of the seventh when all the pressure was on and yeah. that that uh, Fairfield was electric when they were loading the bases up and getting back into the game, weren't they? Yeah, they were. And I'd say the most impressive at bat to me was um, Connor Lyons was so so Linder Linder uh, Lindner was not um, throwing as as accurately as he had been um, earlier in the game, and he had, you know he was getting a little wild. But he just happened to throw a couple strikes on Lions. And so he had, I think, a one-two pitch. And it was a good pitch that kind of he was uh, – I think it might have even been in on him. And he just had to do it, you know, what he could with it. And, and that kid, you know, ever since he's been a varsity player for Fairfield, he just kind of finds ways to get on. And, and he was able to dribble at the absolute perfect spot to uh, to get an infield. You know, infield singles with the bases loaded aren't very easy when they can go to any base to get one. And so I, that was probably the, the most impressive at bat to me. Um, was that he was able to do that. But, yeah, you know, Kiakak was able to make that adjustment at the end, and it stinks for Fairfield, but um, Kiakak's got a nice long drive up to uh, up to Assumption, probably down uh, 61 or whatever that highway is that goes through, uh, <laughs> that goes up there and goes through uh, Burlington. Well, it was, a, it was a big win for uh, – I'm, I'm sure that was a big win for their program. And uh, I bet that, that uh, he'll build on that for next year, won't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and that's what you want. When you didn't have a very good year the year before, what you just want is you know to be able to beat teams at the end of the year and be able to compete. You know, and there's a difference between a team that only wins a couple of games and they're getting blown out all the time, and a team that maybe finishes towards the bottom of the standings, which Kiakak got uh, fifth out of sixth, but that they're competing a bunch. And in the Southeast Conference, um, there was a lot of. A lot of the bottom teams were able to compete with the top teams. It wasn't there wasn't a ton of blowouts. So that that in itself, even if they went to beat Fairfield, is is impressive that they you know they um, I think uh, Mount Pleasant uh, coach Brent Broker said earlier this year because Mount Pleasant had a rough year last year that he just was happy that it seems like his team expects to win and you could you could tell that Kiaka kind of expects to win now um, after last year where um, they were getting blown out a lot. Well, let's go with the other three A and four A scores from uh, Friday night. Yeah, for sure. Well, in that bracket I just mentioned, so Mount Pleasant and, and Washington were in some tough spots because they were in seven of the eight seed. Mount Pleasant had to play at Marion, who's ranked number eight, and Washington had to play at Assumption, who's ranked number uh, two, I believe. And so, uh, start with Mount Pleasant. They scored one run um, early in that game. Um, in fact, it was 1-0 after one because they had, they had held Marion, but uh, Marion scored five in the second, four in the third, and six in the fourth so um, they you know were able to kind of put it on old Mount Pleasant and it was a rough night for them and then um, and then over in the Washington game Assumption did a grand slam in the first inning uh, and so um, they ended up uh, winning 10-0 Washington lasted a little longer they, they lasted six innings before it was a 10-0 game and I think uh, Mount Pleasant lost in five innings but um, I know Ethan Patterson had had two a couple hits for Washington I think they had four hits total uh, Mount Pleasant had um, something like that, some, just three or four hits, I believe. Yeah, three hits. So, I mean, in fact, Fairfield against Keokuk only had four hits, I think, oh, oh, that whole day. So it was, a, it was a struggling day for the offense of our, uh, our big schools here at the Union. Yeah, oh, what about Burlington? Yeah, so Burlington, man, Burlington's playing Bettendorf, and, you know, um, obviously Bettendorf, so they're playing for a competition, and um, I was surprised, but, again, in playoff baseball, you never know. Bettendorf's 
uh, they came in 13 and 20, but Bendor is playing against a lot of 4A teams and, you know, um, big, big schools and good schools all year. So uh, they were able to go in and upset Burlington. That was only Burlington's sixth loss, so that stinks for the Greyhounds. Uh, they had um, they have a pretty darn good team over there, and they've had some kids that have been um, seniors for them. For you know, they, they've been Burlington's kind of grown to this baseball power, and that whole team by now is seniors. I think I don't think there's an underclassman on the entire roster. Um, so they've still got some talent coming back next year with their junior class because their seniors junior classes are both really good. But um, it's disappointing because. Uh, disappointing for Burlington because, you know, they put themselves in position to get a, an okay seed there and um, weren't, weren't able to pull it off, it seems. 3-1 loss, by the way. That was a bet North Deep Burlington 3-1. That is, that is a, that's a major upset. And that's a, that, that takes a, a big uh, knock out of Southeast Iowa's hopes, too. But uh, Fort Madison, yeah. Oskaloosa, I forgot. Uh, didn't mean to skip over them. How about that? Game? Yeah, yeah. That was the, the one team um, that – was able to win out of the Southeast Conference. If I can get this base here, it is. Here's three A five backup. Um, so and it's, it's for Madison was definitely by far the three seed. I thought in, in this bracket, I thought that after after Fairfield of four, I thought five, six, and seven could have been mixed up anyway. You know, you wanted to, and, and talent wise, you know, Washington it is is up with those guys. But Oscalus is the one that drew um, for Madison, and they were able to beat them ten to five. Um, let me see if they even had Landis Williams pitching on this or Kane Williams. Um, Fort Madison pitched Kane Williams, uh, 107 pitches. I uh, gave up 10 hits, but he struck out four. And he was, I mean, you know, it's all right to give up five when your team scores 10. So um, uh, looks like a couple RBIs from Kate Johnson, Jordan Simpson, and Tanner Settles, which is the beat of their lineup. That's four, five, six. So, um, yeah, Fort Madison is playing pretty well. I think I can't, this is at least the second year in a row that they've made the sub-state semis. And so um, they will now play against Marion. And so that's going to be up at Mount Mercy University, which is where Marion and Mount Pleasant play. I actually think Marion up until the last second didn't really have a place to play. I think that there there was some scheduling conflict or whatever at Marion. But anyway, so Fort Madison will be at Marion on the 11th, which is Monday. And, uh, and Keokuk will be at Assumption. Um, or sorry, Keokuk and Assumption will play at North Scott at 5 o'clock on Monday. So um, let's see how far is... So if you wanted to catch both, you could maybe catch a little bit of both if you left early from the Keokuk game because they're both playing, you know, up north. So I, obviously it's going to take a, a big effort, especially for Keokuk, to be able to win those. Those, those two teams aren't favored, but uh, we'll see. You never know. Maybe a couple upsets and they'd have a Keokuk and Fort Madison game to go stay. How crazy would that be? Well, let's move on to Saturday night. Uh, uh, tell me about the game you saw. Well, I went to see a new one. Now, we had a lot of teams playing Saturday. We had a one softball team, um, Fairfield softballs playing, and then four baseball games. And the baseball games were a little more local. So um, we had not seen New London in this, in this postseason yet. So we went and saw them play against Notre Dame. And you had seen Notre Dame before uh, last night, and Notre Dame had scored a ton of runs. Let me get that stat back up. What was it, like 57 runs or something like that over the last four games? Um, they are pounding the ball. But uh, New London was able to – you know, they, they pitched Derek Santiago the whole game, and, and he's really good. In fact, it was a great pitching matchup because uh, Notre Dame had Jackson Brent back out there to pitch, and then Newland had Derek Santiago. So it was, their, it was best on best, and um, Santiago um, struck out eight batters. He didn't really face a lot of trouble all night. Um, he just was over – I mean, it's just like you said about Smithburg. He, uh, he was pretty dominant for six innings, and then Cooper Schulte came in to, to close it out like he always does. So um, 
let's see how many hits did Notre Dame get? Four off of four off of Santiago, but they were they were kind of spread out. There was really no inning where it felt like Burlington was going to get a big rally. But really, New London's bats were quiet for the whole game. Besides, uh, they scored all five runs in the fourth inning. Um, Carter Allen had a big double. In fact, Carter Allen had a, a triple and a double, and he's a Carter Allen's a, a shot put superstar. So watching him get a triple, he had to hustle around the bases to get that one. Um, and then uh, Joshua Catala had a big hit. Um, who else had a big RBI? Let's see here. Cooper Schulte had a big hit. Those are all seniors. Um, and then and then Santiago had a hit. So um, and Seth Bailey. So all five of their RBIs were from seniors. It's a really senior led team. So that was a really tough game for them. That you know Notre Dame was absolutely on fire coming into that game. So uh, I think that's kind of a deep breath. Now uh, Derek Santiago pitched. Too many pitches, obviously. By the time they scored five, he already had pitched too many pitches, so he can't pitch on Tuesday in a tumble when they go play Moravia. But Moravia, um, they haven't had stats in yet, but Moravia has to have wasted some pitching because uh, Moravia and Sigourney played last night. It was um, Moravia was up 10-3, and then Sigourney came back, and it was 10-9, and Moravia scored, eventually scored uh, the next uh, 10. So they won 20 to nine, but it was closer than a 20 to nine game. And so I'm sure that there are a lot of pitchers used in that one. Yeah. They used three different pitchers, one of them twice. And then Throckmorton, uh, he had to be pulled with one out left in the game because he didn't have any pitches. left. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So they, you know, that's, that means that they're going to be hurting for a little pitching too, unless they have a guy saved up. I, I guess I don't know. They played Murray. They played, um, well, they played Seymour in the first the first uh, game, but they did have to grind out a win against Southeast Warren. So um, let's see whoever pitched that game. Well, then he could have pitched against Sigourney too, though. So I don't know how many um, Wyatt Throck, Throckmorton pitched. Um, yeah, the he's game one, he, he pitched at least 65 pitches. Uh. Oh, he's done. And well, that that's tough. And, you know, New London, Santiago so good, but New London has plenty of arms. You know, they're definitely not going to be too worried about throwing Catal out there and Seth Bailey out there and Cooper Schulte out there. Those are three of the best pitchers in the area. So um, in my opinion, they're a, a pretty heavy favorite um, going into a tumble, but uh, Moravia's only lost six games. They're a pretty darn good team too. So and it's baseball, so you never know. But um, New London's in a good spot, let's just say that. Well, uh, Notre Dame, uh, Burlington doesn't uh, help the other team out beat themselves, and uh, neither does Moravia. So I think it'll be kind of a similar thing. I think Moravia might have more firepower. Uh, but they don't have seem like they have a lot of power. They had that one uh, kid that uh, Matthew Seals. He had a home run and a double with the base, you know. But nobody uh, else. Had, and it was just all, you know, pretty much just kind of ground balls through the infield. Uh, Sigourney's defense just didn't play very good, and it. Uh, uh-huh. But then again, the balls were also hit pretty hard, and uh, Moravia also had a really great game plan for Bo Smith because Bo Smith was only on sixty-five pitches, and. Yeah. Uh, they just kept taking pitches and fouling pitches and working the count and taking working at walks and you know and uh, two batters into the third inning he was done. Yeah, you know? well, I, I, so that's it's it's funny. Moravia Moravia has got a good offense and they've scored. They only scored three in that second game, but they scored eighteen in the first game and then twenty the other night. So that means they've scored. Well, it's the same thing for New London. They're they're playing a team that scored forty one runs over uh, their last three games. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll see. And they're both going uh, pretty similar. Like um, a ton was pretty, pretty much in the middle of those two towns. So no one's having to travel more, but um, of our teams left in, I'd, I'd say even softball and baseball, I'd, I'd still probably give new London 
is probably the biggest favorite of our. Well, we got a, we got another team that's uh, making a lot of noise here in the playoffs, and that's Mid Prairie. What about uh, what do you know about their performance? Yeah, so um, we obviously we were live with that one last night because I had, I had done Van Buren and and Mid Prairie the day before, and Hunter's on his was on his um, is on vacation, but um, Van Buren was coming in with a lot of momentum after upsetting Meepo and. Uh, Mid Prairie just showed that they were the better team, and, and Carson Grout is—you, I mean, he's just so good. He's on absolutely on fire on the mound, um, and then at the plate, he's been, you know, extremely good too. Carson Grout, of course, is the the Iowa pitching commit. Um, he had a grand slam uh, last night. He hit um, what three for three with a double, a grand slam, six RBIs, a stolen base. Um, just absolutely had a huge, huge game uh, in a big spot. So. Um, and they, they beat Van Buren County 15-3. to And then the team that they're going to play in the sub-state final um, is West Marshall. And West Marshall won 13-0. to So both teams have been dominating. So that's a team. That's one of those things where you're having two teams come in red hot. And they play at Solon. Now Mid-Prairie fans, they're, they're playing at Solon at 7 o'clock. But uh, I thought that I heard that there might have been a 5 o'clock game for a different sub-state that might be getting played there too. So that might start a little late. That, or that sub-state game might be a different day. But um, yeah, Mid-Prairie and West Marshall. Uh, Mid-Prairie 17 and 10 and West Marshall's 28 and 8. And they're both red hot. They haven't played in at least 10 years because there's no history on varsity bounds. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. Have they, uh, uh, they, they don't know where they're going to play that game or? What was that? Do you know where that game is going to be played? Yeah, that's that game is Tuesday at seven o'clock. So um, New London and Mid Prairie will both play Tuesday at seven o'clock. So a little tough because we also have Fairfield softball Tuesday at seven o'clock. So um, I'm where, where's the Mid Prairie game? At? <laughs> what was that? Where's the Mid Prairie game at? Oh, sorry, that's at Solon. That's at Solon okay. Recreation and Nature Area, which is a really nice field. Well, uh, Linville and Holly and Highland matched up last night. Did you catch scores on that? I did. Well, in fact, New London's game got over early, so I was able to listen in um, to KIIC. Wait, KCII. Whichever one's the Washington one. I get the yeah, Washington KCII. mixed up. But I was able to listen into the call on that, and that was an absolutely crazy game, wasn't it? Um, Highland hosted that game. Let me get Highland's uh, thing up here. Highland hosted that game, and they were down – um, I think eight to three were they down five runs in that game, and they came all the way back to tie it at eight to eight. Um, and yeah, they scored five in the sixth. So it was eight to three going to the bottom of the sixth. They scored five. They tied it up. In fact, they had I think the winning runner was was on third, I believe. Maybe maybe runners at the corner. They had runners on. Um, Linville Sully was able to kind of touch up uh, Carson uh, Maston um, is a really good freshman for them that pitched in that game. Um, and um, and he ended up getting the win. No, sorry, and then Connor Mastin, sorry, his brother, um, got the win. But um, Highland um, played pretty darn well down the stretch. I mean, they're a team that usually te- keeps the other team off the scoreboard, and so they haven't had it a lot of times, and they had to rally like that. Um, but let's see. Um, Connor Grinstead had uh, two hits. He went two for four. Trevor McFarland had a, a big hit. I think he had the game tying hit, in fact. I think he hit it over the left fielder's fence, if I'm not wrong there. He had three RBIs. Um, Brett Bonebrake had a couple, uh, uh, three hits, and, uh, and one of those was a double and two RBIs. So, at, you know, Highland, he's talking about a senior-led team. The top, um, the first five batters of the order and uh, uh, number six, actually, the yeah, so six of their nine starters in the lineup were seniors last night. 
um, as were a senior Chase Schultz. You know, um, he's been their ace for the last uh, couple of years, and, and he's a senior. He started last night, gave up six runs. Two of them were unearned, or sorry, two of them were earned, so four unearned runs. So, um, you know, I like to see a kid lose when you only give up two unearned runs over the, the four innings. But that was a tough one for Highland. You know, I, I thought that there was a little chance that maybe Highland and New London could both go to the Class 1A tournament together, and, you know, maybe they would get lucky on a draw, and we'd be able to see them play in the tournament or something like that. But that was tough. You know, Linville Sully's a really good uh, team. I think maybe have – you, have you seen them play against Kyoto or Singari, Linville Sully? Yes, I have seen them play. They're, they're really good. I mean, they're, yeah. they're not uh, – they don't have uh, – you know they don't have an Albert Pujols, or a, you know they don't have a big heavy drive, but they're they're a team very much in the mold of uh, of say uh, uh, Burlington Notre Dame or or Moravia. They're that kind of a team. They're a, a team that plays well. They run the bases really well. They field really well, and they make contact and they make the most out of what they do. And they're not afraid to play small ball. Which I've seen small ball in every one of these games, and every every single time they do it, it's effective. Well, speaking of small ball, I believe that so it was eight eight. Limbo Sully scored two in the top of the seventh um, to to win that. They it was ten eight. I believe that Limbo Sully scored both of those runs unearned. Also, um, so it was they they played they got a little lucky on some miscues behind and they played some small ball to get those two. So there's one thing Limbo Sully does better than any team that I've seen play, and that's uh-huh. make the other team pay for mistakes. Yeah, well, you they make a mistake, out. it's going to cost you against Linville Sully because that's they do best. Yeah, that and that's and it was mostly errors. I mean, it was um, five unearned runs off the day for Linville Sully out of those ten. So um, Highland pitching only walked four and hit two batters, so they didn't have a ton of trouble with that. But yeah, you make an error and they make you pay. So uh, that's tough. And Linville Linville Sully's only lost two games. Dude, that was a pretty good district, given that Linville Sully was the three seed. You know, and Highland was the two and. Um, Northland is the one in that, so Linville Sully's got their – oh, yeah. Um, yeah, here we go. Northland and Linville Sully play on Tuesday at 5 o'clock at Solon Recreation Center. So Northland and Linville Sully will play before the Mid-Prairie game. So if you're a Mid-Prairie fan and want to get there a little early and watch uh, watch another sub-state final. But I think that's real cool when they do a doubleheader and they're both sub-state finals because then you have two celebrations and two banners and all that other stuff. So, and so that's uh, – and that's, as I said earlier, that is a super, super nice field. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a great playoffs. Is there anything we didn't get to cover that you wanted to cover? Uh, let's see. We got um, how many teams do we have? We had Mid Prairie, Van Buren County, and we had New London. Um, no, I think that's all for the Union area teams. Uh, if I'm going through my my brain here, we've got we've got two softball and two baseball over here. We got Cardinal and Fairfield and softball, and Mid Prairie, New London, and baseball. So um, we've got a, a few chances to travel, but. Um, Monday, Tuesday are going to go, and we're going to all know who's who's in pretty much every tournament. So we'll see how it all shapes out. Well, with Burlington and Natoma both losing in 4A, we got nothing in 4A. Uh, we yeah. got barely two teams left in 3A, and just uh, it just winnows down so fast, doesn't it? it do- yeah, it does. Well, especially now because um, because the baseball and softball happen at the same time, and they all happen over like one week, it is most of the tournament. And so teams just get knocked off like crazy. I mean, I mean, well, a week ago we had all, you know, it was just the start of this thing. So teams get knocked off by crazy, but then it's a whole new season. If these teams can win one more game, you know, and go up to that tournament, then it's a whole new, uh, some whole new fun starting up. So, yeah. So uh, there's a lot of, a lot of great actions. It starts Tuesday. And when does the 3A start? Uh, so 3A still has to play their semifinals on Monday. And I think maybe the finals are on, it'll be on Thursday or Friday. 
Um, so, but one A and Tuesday, one A and two A will be all wrapped up by Tuesday. Okay. Well, uh, I want to thank Helmuth Ford of Sigourney, Iowa. I want to thank uh, Claire Hand Trucking up there in the Kyoto because uh, they've been the two big ones that really helped us get through. I want to thank uh, Helena Hayes for uh, her support of the playoffs. And uh, so, and I want to thank KTVO for their help. And I want to thank the Southeast Iowan for your help, Andy. Uh, we really appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate you guys. Well, this has been a really good look at what uh, what we can, you know, at, at the playoffs, there was a lot of action, and it took a, a lot, long time to, to get us get all the words in it. We didn't teach any, I don't think. And I think we gave you the scores and covered your team. So, this is Round Guy Radio. Uh, thanks for listening. Stay tuned. We got some more for you. Well, welcome back to Round Guy Radio. It's Helmuth Ford of Sigourney, Iowa. Presents playoff baseball, and uh, 3A starts today. And I'm here with the. Uh, the coach of the Kyoto Chiefs, can you introduce yourself? Uh, Steve Wooster. Steve Wooster. Now, uh, you're getting ready to play the Fairfield Trojans tonight. Uh, tell us a little bit about your season and uh, what the plan is for tonight. Well, our, our season was kind of up and down. We got off to a great start, uh, pitched well, played good defense first two, two and a half weeks of the season. and. And we lost our number one pitcher to an injury, uh, kind of a freak injury, and um, started playing kind of poor baseball from a standpoint of defense. And uh, you know we've kind of kind of been in the skids here for about the last two two and a half weeks. We got a we had a, a good split with Washington last Thursday to kind of right the ship a little bit. Um, we're just trying to kind of get back to basics and play fundamental baseball. We were doing doing that well early in the year and, and kind of got away from it, and that's when our record kind of went in the other direction. So um, we'll have to play really well tonight to, to be able to beat Fairfield. Fairfield's got a really nice squad. Josh does a great job with these guys, and he's got two really good left-handed pitchers, and I'm sure we're, that's who we're planning on facing tonight. And um, we'll have to we'll have to put together our best effort to have a chance. Well, uh, who do you got pitching and uh... – uh, how, has he impressed you this year? Your, your pitching? Our pitching for us? Yeah. Our pitching's been up and down. Uh, when we throw strikes and we catch the ball, we'll, we'll compete with anybody. When we walk people and we don't catch the ball, we struggle against anybody we play. Uh, we're going to start Briarlander tonight. He's he's probably our number one, number two, uh, depending on you know depending on the night. And uh, he's first team All Southeast Conference pick, four zero on the season. And um, he's pitched twice against Fairfield. Got uh, got a win against him down in Keokuk, and then got a no decision against him up here. And and uh, Briar Briar's not. He's not flashy. He's going to throw strikes and change speeds and locate. We have to play, make plays behind him. Well, that, he does sound like he give you a chance to win, though. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your catcher. I'm always interested in the team's catcher. How's your backstop doing? Oh, he's he's good. We we rotate between Briar and uh, Miller Geisler. They're, uh, Miller's a senior. Miller will catch tonight. Briar's a junior. And Briar's Briar's our, our regular catcher when he doesn't pitch. Um, but with, obviously, with him throwing tonight, Miller will be behind the play. Late. Miller's had a nice senior season. Probably not what he would like it to be from a from a batting average standpoint, but he does a nice job defensively. He calls a good game. We have we have total faith in him. Well, we've been seeing a lot of amazing plays in the outfield uh, defense, and uh, who do you have out there that's capable of, of really flashing that leather and uh, showing some range and speed, maybe some arm strength? Well, we've got our our center fielder when Miller's behind the plate, Zach Myers, and Zach Myers is a first team All Southeast Conference uh, player, and uh, our left fielder's Nick Profeta and our right fielder's Aiden Whitaker, and they're all three seniors. Well, let's talk about your corner infielders. 
Okay, my corner infielders, uh, the first base will be Josh Wills as a senior, and uh, third base will be Blake Chase who's a freshman. And uh, what about up the middle? Second base, shortstop, double play combination. Double play combination is Jordan Sisk at short and Brenton Ford at second. Brenton Jordan is a senior and Brenton is a freshman. So uh, let's talk about your hitting. You know, uh, who do you got that's got some speed? Maybe who, who do you got that's a good contact guy? Maybe somebody's got some power. Maybe somebody can bunt. Well, our our top hitter, our most consistent hitter all year has been Zach Myers. He's hitting about 432. Um, he's, he hits in the four hole for me. He, he's been in the five and the six hole, but we've, we've bumped him up. We've, we've kind of sh- shaken our lineup a little bit around just to kind of get some other guys going. And um, Jordan Siska lead off for us. Briar Linder will bat second. Keys will bat third. Myers will bat fourth. And then uh, from there, it'll go uh, yeah, Blake Chase in the five hole. Uh, Aiden Whitaker in the sixth, Nick Profeta seven, Josh Rules eight, and uh, Richard Ford that night. Well, who, who does Fairfield have that, that concerns you? Maybe give you a little matchup problem. No, uh, they hit the ball top to bottom. Their their lineup is solid from top to bottom. And of course, it all starts with Nate Smith Bergen, and uh, he's, he's a solid player from top to bottom, and, and uh, presents a real challenge for us. Well, thanks for being with us, Coach. Uh, okay. Good luck tonight. All right, thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to Round Guy Radio, and we're here at the Eagles Nest for round two of the playoffs for one of the best games that's going to be in the whole state of Iowa as far as competition goes. I'm here with Coach Chipperez uh, from the Burlington Notre Dame Nikes. Welcome back to the program, Coach. Thanks. Thanks for being Glad to be back. Well, last time you came to the Eagles Nest, you burned the place down. Uh, just uh, just exploded in every aspect and facet of, of baseball and uh, come out of here with a 17-1 to win. Uh, and you're back today, uh, presumably with somewhat of the same game plan? That's the, that's the plan anyway, <laughs> you know. Um, obviously, it's it's going to be considerably tougher tonight. Um, Kyoto's a good ball club. Um, they're well coached. And, you know, they got Colton uh, uh, Clarehan on the mound tonight, so that's going to be an obstacle in itself. So, so he's starting the game? Yes. Well, uh, him and uh, Aiden Anderson combined for a no-hitter against Danville. Uh, but uh, uh, And uh, he had developed, Colton Clare had developed, give you a little hand, he, he developed a slider here to, just prior to that game that really, really was very effective for him. Uh, and he mixed it in good with his curveball and his fastball. And uh, he stayed in the strike zone. I think only walked one batter and struck out 10. But uh, your pitcher was very similar to that. Uh, you didn't hardly give up anything uh, no, I, I you know I don't I don't recall what how many hits we gave up. Um, Jackson Sadler he started for us against against Wapolo. That's probably our number probably our number five or number six pitcher. Um, we got our number one going tonight, Jack Brent. Um, he does a fantastic job uh, for us. You know he mixes speeds well. He locates the ball great. Um, he's got a little pop on the fastball. So um, hopefully he'll be firing on all cylinders tonight. Well, it's number one against number one uh, tonight. Uh... It's going to be really exciting. Uh, tell us a little bit about your lineup. So it's going to be exactly the same lineup as we had uh, um, the other night, you know, with the exception of obviously some positional changes. Um, Jack Brent will start on the mound for us. Ben um, Schwanker will be leading off playing shortstop. And then we have Owen Gulick playing center field. Uh, then Carson Chipperos will play third base. He's our three hole hitter. Dylan Kip will be at first. He's our four hole hitter. 
And then we got Jack Brent. He's our pitcher tonight. And then Spencer Brent will be in second base. He's our six hitter. And then we're having Isaiah Crow. He's our DH tonight for the right fielder, Lucy Johnson. And then our uh, eight hitter will be our catcher, Logan Brent. And then our nine hitter will be our, our eighth grader, Landry Albrechter. Well, your, your pitcher impressed me last week. He seemed to have a strong arm and had a, had a pretty good command of the field and what was going on out there. He does. He does a great job for us. He's only a sophomore. Um, he does have a good arm. Um, and his bat's starting to come around, too. He kind of struggled early on in the year, but he's seen the second half of the season. Start to come around. Yeah, the second half, a lot of these players are stretching it out a little bit. Now, I don't remember any of the names of the players, but your infield and your outfield both played extremely good defense. Did you feel like that? They did. You know, we've been playing the second half of the season, we've been playing really good defense. We've been harping on that. Uh, but you got to make the plays that are given to you, and you can't give good teams out. So. I thought they've done a really good job in the second half of the season. Well, you, you've had a, you played the kind of schedule that toughened you up for the playoffs. You came into the playoffs with a big run, and I, you know, uh, I think Kyoto's got, got their hands full with you, and you got your hands full with Kyoto. It's the kind of ball game you really want to come to see, isn't it? It is. You know, these are the kind of games that are fun to coach, and uh, it's playoff baseball. You know, anything can happen, so it's uh, it's exciting. Yeah, well, I'm glad to be here, Round Guy Radio. Glad to be here to bring you the action, and uh, good luck tonight, Coach. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us.